get to know ya Hey, na, 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 na Delve into emotion Leave us in this moment Welcome to the Junior License Podcast, and this is a Getting to Know You episode starring Jesse Fultz. Hi, Jesse. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fine. And I thought that we would get to know you by asking you this following question. Who are you and what do you do for a living or on your spare time? And what do you want people to know publicly? Wow, that's a lot. Um, how do I break that down? Um, well, I am... Uh, I'm going to school right now. Uh, I'm trying to get an uh, art major. I'm majoring in art. Um, I love to draw. Um, I like old TV shows. I like old music. Um, and um, yeah, someday I, I guess um, I'd like to I know, write or do something with TV. I'm also in a play right now, which I can actually finally announce because I'm confirmed as um, a cemetery ghoul for the play The Night of the Living Dead. So that's always fun too. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, help me out here. <laughs> so where is um, where is Night of the Living Dead going to play? In your hometown? The Bradley Playhouse. Um, yeah, close, close here. But my hometown's in Minnesota and I'm in Connecticut at the, at the moment. So. Mm-hmm. I actually, um, they actually had a production of the stage show Night Living Dead here in, in London. I didn't go see it. I really oh. wanted to, but it got really good reviews. Okay. So it should be quite interesting. Yeah, I was actually considered for the role of Johnny, um, but I'm kind of glad I got the zombie instead because I'll be one of the zombies that actually makes it through the entire play, but Johnny gets killed off right away. So <laughs> at least I'll be in the play the whole time. Yeah. I guess if you're Johnny, all you do is I'm getting to know you, Barbara, isn't it? They're coming to get you, Barbara. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Johnny, stop. <laughs> you have no idea how many actors and actresses they picked for that role at first and had them do it. And there's only like a couple um, that I thought did a really good job. Because um, some people try to overact the role and some people don't. I felt like the actors that would play Johnny and Barbara didn't know how to get that sibling vibe energy down. It was always like some of the guys that played Johnny, they didn't know how to be like a sarcastic um, someone that likes to joke around with you. They they kind of played it off as a, like a goody, goody two shoes. Like they didn't, they didn't deliver the lines with the appropriate um, amount of sarcasm or whatever. So you didn't really feel that sibling dynamic either. And I didn't find that enjoyable, but there's a couple people that did a really good job. Oh, I can't wait to find out more about it when it not, when we get close to the time. Yeah, me too. <laughs> if people wanted to follow you on social media or or on your website, where would they go to? 
Oh, um, my website is www.amalgamationstudios.com. And otherwise, I'm on Facebook as just, you know, Jesse Fultz or whatever. So, um, yeah, otherwise, I do also have an Instagram for my art um, at dark underscore amalgam. I think something like that, <laughs> but I haven't used it in a while. So I don't know. Those are the only things that I use. And we cover a lot of different genres here at the Literary License Podcast. What's your favorite genre? Uh, I really like the horror and fantasy stuff, but mostly the I like to cover like the older horror. Um, anything that has to do with vampires, ghosts, witches, werewolves. I, I feel like I'm just listing off criteria for Dark Shadows. But um, that's one of my favorites. And I, I, I love the Bewitched one that we do too. And um yeah, but horror has to be my favorite because I like a lot of those older horror films that we cover. And what's your favorite film? Ooh, oh, that's so hard. I have so many. I don't know. Lately, I've been really intrigued by Black Sunday. So I guess I'll list that one for now just because I've been really interested in that one. I don't know. It's been influencing a lot of like my more witchy projects. Which um, one? Black Sunday. Huh? Which one? Black Sunday. Yeah, Black, Black Sunday Black. with Barbara Steele. Oh, yes. I love that Mar- uh, Mario Bava film. Mm-hmm. And it also influenced um, Tim Burton's version of Sleepy Hollow, the way that they did the sets and stuff, because it was, um, I forget what it's called, like the specific kind of closed indoor sets where you can create the atmosphere. But um, that's something I learned about my movies class as well. And I was just fascinated by how you can build that world and it creates this kind of, there's something very eerie about it. And I don't know, despite that, they made movies feel so much more atmospheric than they do nowadays. I don't know why. I feel like everything gets lost in translation now because there's so much going on. But um, I feel like the limitations gives them something. Um, well, Black Sunday, so- we got that actually penciled in for season six. <gasps> Ooh, that's exciting. I, I want to I be that one. <laughs> for sure yeah. i love barbara Steele anyway and barbara Steele went into the 1991 dark shadow as well yep it's true it's true she really brought that character i don't feel like a lot of actors fit the role that they were picked for but i think she did yeah she made a good julia hoffman what's your earliest film memory or or that you can remember my earliest film memory um definitely the wizard of oz my mom um, we used to have like these magazines that um, had uh, books and movies in them. And that, that was when they were still VHS and stuff. Actually, we got the Wizard of Oz film from Target, but we got this Wizard of Oz book. Um, it's the annotated version of L. Frank Baum's um, children's novel. Um, she got that from that as well as like a box set of like Jurassic Park. And then we found the, Wiz- the Wizard of Oz at Target. And um, my mom first would like tell the story of the Wizard of Oz and I could always visualize it in my mind because I was so intrigued by, I don't know, just the concept of it. There's something that was even more intriguing than like Alice in Wonderland to me. Um, And then when I saw the movie, I felt like I had already seen it because I don't know, I guess my mom did a really good job of telling the story and I could visualize all the colors and stuff like that. But um, we didn't have very many films growing up at first because 
we didn't have a lot of money or a lot of things, but The Wizard of Oz is definitely one of my earliest films that my mom introduced us to as kids. So, and then we got um, what's I guess our next question would be what, what's your favorite book and author? This might sound like a repeat of what I just said, but maybe Ella Frank Baum and The Wizard of Oz, just because that I don't know that's been such like a family book that's been in our family for such a long time. My mom told it to me, read it to us as kids. I read it to my siblings. And uh, I've always been fascinated by the story as well as the um, the artwork. And it, it is darker than the movie too. So I do like that, that aspect. And it also is a real place as well. But it also, I'm all about like, I don't know, like spiritual alchemy and like the unseen hidden stuff. And Ella Frank Baum's book is kind of all about that, like spiritual alchemy and um, I don't know, like shadow work or something like that. Um, things that I, I've read about when studying various forms of, I don't know, like magic or something. Just for some of my projects that I, I like to write about. Um, but his stories featured in a lot of films, like just as a cameo kind of reference, just because it's one of those earlier stories that like, I don't know, has like the secret theosophy. I don't know. I don't want to say agenda, but it has like, the belief in practice kind of weaves through it. I don't know, accidentally or not accidentally, but a lot of stories use that. There's also a lot of the hero's journey story in there that you can find in like Lord of the Rings, um, Star Wars and things like that. So I feel like it, it's a familiar story to people um, and it's relatable, even though it's in a totally fantastical world. And that's what I like about it. So well, I mean, to be honest, with as far as the book of Wizard of Oz goes, um, I read it and loved it. I would like to see a real adaption to it. I want to see them go the No, me too. And, me too. Know. And I kind of hope no one does it before I do because I want to be the person to do it because I have so many cool ideas and I'd at least want to be included in it if you know, it was going to be done. So I, I hope someone out there waits for me <laughs> in the universe. To, um, There's so many ways to be able to do everything that you probably couldn't do from the you know the 1930s version. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't want to. You got motion like... animation. You kind of got a CGI. You could do you can go that route. You can do you can do like a, um, computer animation of it. If you you know like a Pixar yeah. kind of thing. I'm just saying that, and you could do or you could do a live action. There's just so many ways yeah. you can do it now. So. I'd probably want to do a live action one and do as limited amount of CGI as possible um, just to create something like I would, I would probably do CGI for some pieces that were impossible, but China, just because I mean, everyone's made of China probably. Yeah. Yeah. When you get to that part, I've always been interested in that and wish they had included that in the original film, but I also wish they had left it as a real place instead of a dream because that's an Alice in Wonderland cop out. I feel like, um, and that kind of ruined it for me. And that's why I liked the book because it was like a real dangerous, beautiful land that was untamed and uncivilized that all these characters had to navigate through. And it was such, it's such a, it was a much more compelling story because of that. Not that, you know, the film itself wasn't, you know, it was like a wonderful technicolor masterpiece, but there's something magical about the book that, I haven't found anything that's kind of tried to take that story on. I haven't found anyone try to, you know, capture that essence as well as, you know, they could. 
and I feel like maybe they, they just don't get it. I don't know. Maybe they don't understand it. I, I think they're referencing the film too much of the time. Whenever someone recreates the Wicked Witch of the West, it's always Margaret Hamilton's Green Witch. Um, it's never L. Frank Baum's interpretation. I know she's such a small role and there's not much to go off of, but, you know, they, they don't really, I, I feel like they don't reference L. Frank Baum's material as much as they do the MGM film. So... Wizard of Oz, again, will be part of season six, along with Wicked. We're covering awesome. Wicked with the original book, <laughs> book of Wicked and the musical of Wicked. So, okay. Have you read the book Wicked by Frank McGuire? Yeah, I have that, yeah. yeah. They're, quite good. They're not a bad little series. First book's better than the other two in the trilogy, but... <laughs> That's what I heard, yeah. <laughs> quite good. So we're covering a lot during the Literary License podcast for season five which we are currently be in starting next week with the kings of horror and um the 80s um horror films of course um part of what's added new but we're also being so bewitched and dark shadows so which episode are you looking most forward to next season let me see uh list off a few i need a i need a, a, a well for kings of horror of course we're doing the dead zone by stephen king we're doing cabal yeah. by fly barker which actually became nightbreed the film um, yeah. Ghost Story by Peter Strub. We're also doing Let the Right One In, um, the book and film, of course. And The Rats by James Herbert. And some Japanese ones, including Battle Royale and Ringu. 80s horror, um, arranging everything from killer clowns from outer space to scanners and Videodrome. And we're also covering um, Night of the Comet. And of course, we are covering the Bewitch because the Bewitch will be going into the Tabitha years as well, and <laughs> and of course, Dark Shadows will be um, coming, winding up Dark Shadows by the end of season five as well. Okay. Well, I, I I'm always a big Stephen King fan, um, at least of his initial work, especially because um, there's just something special about a lot of those stories that I grew up reading and films that I watched. Um, so I'll look forward to doing his, are, are we covering the book and the series? Is it like a book to screen one? Yeah, or is it just? Dead Zone, um, the book and Dead Zone, the David Cronenberg from 1983. Okay, okay. Um, so yeah, that one's definitely something I'm looking forward to the most, I think. Um, and I've heard a lot of Battle Royale. I actually haven't seen it yet, but I've always wanted to. Um, I actually heard it was, I think it, I heard it was one of the films that influenced the film Sucker Punch by Zack Snyder, which I actually really enjoyed. I, I know it got bad results. Well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Actually, maybe I mixed that up. Maybe I mixed that up. Um, but yeah, Hunger Games was, was good, I guess. But yeah, Battle Royale is something I'll definitely have to check out. And I'll probably be on that one too just because it'll give me a reason to watch something new honestly these podcasts also give me like new material to watch so i, I appreciate it for that too because sometimes i don't think of things or know how to look for like older horror films and everyone just like knows all the best ones to watch um and it makes horror today kind of look half par or subpar um now you've been doing podcasting with us for over a year now so what do you like about podcasting I don't know. I just get to get my, my nerd on, <laughs> you know, cause I don't always get to just talk about this stuff with anybody. And it's nice to have a place where people not just want to talk about it casually, but like really dissect it and really get to know like some of the directors or the actors that, you know, participate in some of these shows and movies. Um, but like really analyze it 
you know, in all those various ways that you do. Um, I always like to discuss, like, if you were to take this project on now, what changes would you make or what would you add to it? Because, you know, as an aspiring, I don't know, I, I want to do probably more TV than the film, but I would love to do either, um, frankly. Um, I always like to think about those things because some of these projects that I would love to, you know, that I grew up with, I would love to bring into this world and make it into something other people could appreciate the way that I was able to as a kid or something. So, yeah, I guess that's why I like doing these podcasts because um, I get to talk about that stuff. And then I also get to uh, see new material <laughs> and, you know, you and Vicky are like friends and family to me. So it's, uh, I do enjoy it for that reason as well. Um, and so is everybody else, but uh, you guys were the first people I was introduced to. So um, yeah, it's like a special little thing for me. Yeah. And what's your favorite quote or saying? Do you have like a favorite quote or saying that kind of gets you through life? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. That's something that I always think about in the back of my mind, I guess. I don't know why, but I feel like it uh, keeps me on my toes. You know, like if I feel like I'm not doing a good job on something or I don't have the talent for something, I just try to work hard at it. Or I try to push myself to be more talented and practice on things that I don't always have time for, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) That one's always stuck out to me. I actually think I read that in a Tim Tebow book. Do you have um, a special message to our fans? Something that might have changed their life or something that drives you forward? I mean, honestly, it's like film and TV that does that. I know that sounds weird, but art in and of itself has always been something that has like driven me in my life because especially like with fantasy or like fairy tales and stuff, there's always these characters that you know, you can identify with that go through hard things. And even though they're not real people, somehow just watching them or listening to their stories and seeing them go through something gives you the motivation and the strength to be able to do that yourself. Even though the character could be a superhero, you know, you could still identify with aspects of their journey and if they can get through it, you can get through it. So I think, you know, telling those kinds of stories are really important. Um, even though to some people they're kind of silly, you know, there's stuff in there that really matters. Like it's, it's substantial um, to talk about those kinds of issues, I guess. And, you know, watching older Disney films too also kind of helped me because, you know, I didn't always have an easy time of it. Me and my family struggled a lot with like my father. Um, That's all public info. So it doesn't really matter. But um, so we all kind of, banded together and you know would watch these things all these classic good feeling films and tv shows and that's kind of how we got through it i guess and i always related to a lot of these characters and it just sounds silly but sometimes when i you know would struggle i would look at even older disney characters or you know like luke skywalker or superman or Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz and be like you know what these people all had their own journey let's see if we can get through this too (laughs) and uh yeah it it always it always did something um powerful 
it's some kind of powerful effect on me. So I think that it's important to tell those stories, even if other people think they're silly. There are people that do appreciate it. I think um, what I would definitely say is if you do think it's silly and you can't relate to it, try to look at it from a different perspective and try to see the importance in a different way. Try to find a way to relate to it, you know. And one thing is, is what they all have in common is they're always moving forward. You're exactly. And that's that's what you need to do. You you need to move forward. You need to, you know, th- we all have metaphorical monsters in life to face. Um, and we have to fight those rather than, you know, I, people like to stay a little too close to their white picket fences and stuff. And it's like, don't be afraid to venture out because taking risk is usually where you're going to find success. You might not right away, but if you have something in life that you want to do that you feel like you were born to do, go out and do it. You know, listen to the call to adventure. <laughs> you know, all those very cliche phrases are very true. You know, just you have to go out and do them. Because otherwise, if you allow yourself to be controlled by fear and you never do anything in life, you're always going to live with regret. And if you don't, go after your dreams regardless of what other people said because you're afraid of you know not having a safety net underneath of you or you're afraid of you know not having support of people it's like you just have to try it you'll you'll find people who will support you for everything um through everything and um you don't want people around you that aren't going to support your dreams and goals anyway people who don't think you're capable you need to have the right kinds of people. I actually have a Wizard of Oz mug that says it's not it says um it's not where you go, it's who you meet. It's the friends we meet along the way that help us appreciate the journey. But also sometimes it's on the journey where we meet those kinds of people that we need to have in our life. I feel like people come into our lives when they need to. Um I, I, I'm someone that doesn't believe in coincidences. Um so I feel like every opportunity that comes our way is something that we should, you know, consider or take on or whatever. And it adds to our growth and development as people. So there's so many reasons why, you know, like taking on that hero's journey in our own life um, is such an important thing because I think it, it helps us become who we're meant to become um, the best versions of ourselves. And even if you're not going far, you know, from your hometown or whatever, I just, I don't know. It's such an intuitive thing, but I think we should all try to go on that journey, even if it's just to find ourselves or whatever. Just don't be afraid. Don't be controlled by fear. Don't let fear hold you back. Now, as you know, on this journey of life and this journey of Earth, we're only on Earth for a very short time. So when your time has passed on this blue marble that we're spinning around on, what is the one thing you want to be remembered for? The one thing I would like to be remembered for is, um, I guess that I that I took risks, you know, that I um, I did what I thought I should do, and I didn't let anything hold me back, and that I didn't live my life in fear or regret. Um, and that would be an example that I would want to bring to everybody because I feel like a lot of people. I've I've heard so many people's stories, like older people that wished they had done certain things in their life and they just didn't. And so they live with this kind of melancholy regret. And I'm like, I mean, that idea terrifies me 
and I don't think anyone should live that way. So me in and of myself, I mean, that's like one of my biggest fears is living with fear and regret that I didn't try to go after my dreams, my goals. And I don't want anybody to feel like that. I want everybody to, you know, go out there because everyone's talented in their own way. Everybody has something they want to do. And so I would want something on my gravesite to let people know that they shouldn't go out there and just live their life without being afraid. And well, I know that my- sounds so on, you know, it, it sounds so uh, repetitive of what I just said, but that's something I strongly believe and, you know, think about like every day. Well, my grandmother always says the worst thing anyone can ever say to you is no. And if that's the worst thing we can do, yeah. I mean, that, and that doesn't stop you from trying. Exactly. <laughs> I guess we'll see you on our Bewitched. Jesse Fultz, um, co-host on the Bewitched and Dark Shadows. And he also, from time to time, passes on over into the other episodes. So I want to thank you for joining us today, Jesse. And we'll see you at Bewitched. So thank you again. Thank you for having me. I'll see you next time.